Thanks for tuning in to our podcast. My name is Daniel. My wife, Megan, and I are the location pastors here at Destiny Church, Nuremberg Region. We know that today's message will bless and encourage you because the Bible tells us that the Word of God is alive and active. If you want to connect in with us, be sure to subscribe to this podcast, follow us on social media, or visit our website at destinychurch.de. Let's get into the Word. Well, hey, we're starting a series called Upper Room, Upper Room, and we're going to be talking uh, in this series about Holy Spirit, about Holy Spirit. Now, listen, I don't know what your background in church is. I don't know what your experience in church has been, but I do know in many denominations, many spheres of church life, this topic of Holy Spirit is uh, is looked at differently. Um, maybe, maybe you grew up in church like me, and the only time you ever heard the Holy Spirit mentioned was when you um, said the Apostles' Creed. I believe in the. I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe in the Holy Spirit. Maybe you never even talked about the Holy Spirit. Maybe, maybe you never grew up in church, so this is all new to you. But Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But often, the Holy Spirit is looked on at a distance. It's, he is, he's viewed in a different light because it maybe seems mystical. It, it, maybe, it maybe seems, I, I don't know if I want to go there because there's crazy people out there that are they're speaking in tongues and they're, they're, they're just, I don't know if I want to be out of control, you know, I don't know if I want to go, like I'm good with Jesus, I'm good with the Father, I can, I can connect with that, but the Holy, the Holy Ghost, you know, like when I grew up in church, we used to say Holy, the Holy Ghost, and we were saying the Apostles' Creed, and I always thought the Holy Spirit was like Casper the Friendly Ghost, you know, I'm always like, okay, that's cool, what is, you know, like, what is this deal all about, and it wasn't until later when I actually had an encounter with God, gave my life to the Lord, made that decision on my own, and then was getting plugged into church. I had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. I began to look in, in God's Word about what it said about the Holy Spirit. I wasn't going off tradition. I wasn't going on how I grew up, but I began to look in God's Word. In fact, my pastor, when I asked him, um, I can tell you, you'll hear all these stories probably throughout this series, but when I had an encounter with a church, I went to a church. I grew up in a Presbyterian church. If anybody's been there, you know um, where, where I grew up. And I love the seeds that God sowed there. And then I went from a Presbyterian church. Somebody invited me to, I don't know if it was a Pentecostal church or whatever, um, but it surely seemed that way. And every and I walked into the church and they were they were having revival, okay? And the lady in front of me, she was shaking her head like this and there was a guy in a suit and he was running down the aisle um, and then there was somebody speaking in tongues next to me, and I'm like, what is going on, you know? And somebody brought me to the church, and if they hadn't brought me to the church, I would have left because I was scared. I was genuinely scared. I don't know for my life or my soul or whatever. I was so nervous, and the, the, the guy who invited me, he asked me afterwards, so do you have any questions about the service today? And I said, 
no, I don't, you know. We had lunch at McDonald's afterwards. I don't have any questions. I just need to get out of here. I called my mom because that's what you do when you go into freaky situations. Mom, what did I just experience? You know, what just happened? And she's, you know, she said she had a similar experience growing up. And it wasn't until later in the church that I was plugged into and serving that um, I, I began to discover for myself what the Holy Spirit was all about, who he was as the third person of the Trinity. And I walked into a prayer meeting um, on a Sunday morning. I was doing set up and tear down um, for the church. And I walked in and they were praying um, for the service. They were having like pre-service prayer. And I walked in and they, they said, hey, Daniel, do you want to come pray with us? And I said, sure, I'd love to love to come pray. And then I, we're all holding hands. And the pastor says, all right, guys, just pray out in the spirit. And I thought, oh, maybe that's just a more spiritual prayer. You know, I got to come out with the these and nows. I got to I got to, you know, juice up my my prayer life in this pray out in the spirit. And then all of them start praying in tongues. And I thought, oh, my gosh. The, the crazy people from that one church, they followed me here. You know, the crazy's gotten on them. And what am I getting into? But because I had a relationship, because I was plugged into that church, I started to ask questions. What is Holy Spirit about? What is this thing about? And the pastor told me, he said, hey, listen, Daniel, if this is something, because I was at a place in my life where I just wanted more of God. I don't know if you're there in your life, um, but I just wanted more of God. If it was from him, I wanted more of him. If it wasn't from him, that's for the that's for the birds, you know, like, but if it's him, I need to discover, is this him? And if it is him, then I want more of it. And I asked him, I said, what is this all about? He said, go home, read Acts chapter one and two. This is this is the story of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit fell on the disciples. And today, as Stephen alluded to, this today celebrates Pentecost 50 days after Passover Today is Pentecost. This is why I'm starting a series called Upper Room. And it was on Pentecost in the Upper Room when the Holy Spirit fell. And even those crazy people started praying in tongues in Acts chapter 2. Let me read it to you. Acts chapter 2, it says this. Um, I'm going to read starting in verse 1. It says, when the day of Pentecost came. Now, let me just tell you that Pentecost was already a Jewish holiday. This was already established in the Old Testament. This was a time when everybody would bring their first fruits. In fact, some theologians would say that the Holy Spirit coming and those disciples being baptized in the Holy Spirit was a spiritual first fruits of the disciples, of believers being baptized in the Holy Spirit. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. And by the way, as I said, Pentecost was 50 days after Passover. Jesus died on Passover, which was also already a holiday, was was when a lamb was slain for a family, for the sins of a, of a family, a lamb would be slain in Jewish culture, and Jesus died, the perfect lamb was slain for your sins on Passover, that Jewish holiday that was established in the Old Testament. Then we find ourselves 50 days later, at the time of Pentecost, people are celebrating. Jews are all in Jerusalem. They are there celebrating this Passover festival. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They were actually in an upper room. I know this because in, in chapter 1, we read that they were upstairs in a room altogether praying. And filled with the house where they were sitting, a, a violent wind. This was before AC, so this wasn't the AC unit kicking on. A violent wind. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire 
that separated and came to rest on each of them. I don't know if any of you get this picture when you read. This is how I read the Bible sometimes. When I picture tongues of fire, for some reason I just picture the Rolling Stones tongue on fire. Okay. This is just how it makes the Bible exciting for me. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment, in bewilderment, because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hear them in our native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phygria, and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya near Cyrene. Visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongue. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? And I love this, verse 13. Some, however, made fun of them and said they've had too much wine. And then Peter, I won't read this part, but then Peter comes, stands up and addresses the crowd. He says, listen, it's like it's in the morning. We haven't been drinking wine. This is of God. And he begins to preach the kingdom of God. He begins to preach the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus. And then it said 3,000 were added to their number at when Peter stands up. This was the same Peter who had just denied Jesus three times. This was the same Peter who walked on water then looked the other way and began to sink. This was the same Peter that Jesus said, get behind me, Satan, when he was trying to stop, when Peter was trying to stop Jesus from going to the cross and suffer. This was that same Peter now standing up before people, once afraid to talk to a servant girl uh, at a fire to say that he was a, he was affiliated with Jesus, now standing up declaring the gospel, standing up, standing up declaring God's goodness, and 3,000 were added to their number. This is Acts chapter 2. This is when the Holy Spirit came, and this is, this is where we're basing this series on, the upper room. So we're going to be talking about, we're going to be talking about this, the events taking place in and around the upper room the next few weeks, the Holy Spirit. Can we go there? Is that okay? Come on. The Holy Spirit. But what I want to do today is I want to go back one chapter, Acts chapter 1. I want to talk about the moment when Jesus, the comments that Jesus makes before the Holy Spirit shows up in Acts chapter 2. Before the upper room experience, what does Jesus say about the coming of the Holy Spirit? Jesus had died on the cross, buried, and he was resurrected, and now he's showing up and appearing to the disciples. There's multiple occasions he appears to the disciples. In fact, one time he walks through a wall. What? He's showing up and he's starting to declare things to the disciples. And this is one of those occasions when he does that. Verse 4, chapter 1 says this. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? 
He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by His own authority, but you will receive power. Somebody say power. When the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. I want to talk to you today on the subject, the wait is over. The wait is over. How many of you like waiting for things? Nobody loves to wait for things. In fact, I was just on an eight and a half hour flight, and my kid was not sleeping at all. And, um, and I was, you know, you know, when you're on these international flights, they have the map on the, on the, on the screen and every now and then it'll like pop up and tell you how much longer you have to your desk. It was like watching water boil. Oh my gosh. I'm sitting there and like every five minutes I'm counting down and I'm like talking, I'm having to coach myself. Okay. We're almost there. We're almost there. We're like, like two hours in, you know, an eight and a half hour flight. And I'm like, oh my gosh, lady in front of us is like mad because my kid is crying. And the guy next to me is yelling at the flight attendant because American Airlines is trash, apparently. And he's all mad and all this stuff. And, and I'm over here with a crying baby like, oh, you know, stop. Flight is packed. I'm like, oh, my gosh, can we just arrive? This was like, I would, and the, the problem with a plane is, is you can't get out. I would have done anything for a parachute. I would have done anything at that moment. The wait is over. The, so Jesus tells the disciples, wait in Jerusalem for the gift my Father is going to give you. Wait there. He didn't say when it was coming. He didn't say what it was, but he just says wait. Wait. But I want you to know what we just read in Acts chapter 2. The wait is over. The wait is over. The Holy Spirit has come. We have access to the Holy Spirit now. He says wait for the power of the Holy Spirit to come. In fact, the other day I was I, I saw my son. We were at my family's house in the U.S. and he was sitting in what I deemed as the timeout chair for our duration of our trip. And he was sitting in the timeout chair, and he looked sad. I had walked out of the room, and so I asked everybody. I was like, "What did Ezra do? Is why is he in timeout? Oh, he's not in timeout." He, and so I go over to him. He looked sad. He had put himself there. I don't know why. And I said, "Hey, buddy, what's what's wrong? This is my oldest son. He's turning six in a few days." What, what's the matter? And he says, I'm mad. And I said, why are you mad? He says, well, because God made Spider-Man with powers and he didn't make me Spider-Man. I want to be Spider-Man. And so, and so I said, I, I had to explain to him, oh, buddy, you know, Spider-Man, Spider-Man's just in the movies, you know, like there's nobody shooting webs out of their, out of their arms. And he goes like, oh yeah, but I can because for my birthday, I'm getting one of those, you know, those, I don't know, silly string things or web shooters. So he thinks he's going to have the powers. But what he was, what he was, he was wanting like, he was wanting powers. He was wanting, he was wanting to have power like Spider-Man had, like he saw in the cartoons, like he saw in the movies. And I don't know if you've ever been there when you were a kid, like, man, I just want to be like, Superman, I just want to be like Spider-Man, like Iron Man, you know. Does Iron Man even have powers? I don't know. Um, let's not go there with the Marvel and DC stuff. But he wanted to be like Spider-Man. He wanted to be like Spider-Man. I wonder how many of us feel powerless in life. Like, you know what I mean? Like, circumstances come your way and you feel like everything is out of your control. You feel powerless to accomplish maybe what you're meant to accomplish. 
Maybe God has set a dream inside of your heart and it's so big that you feel like, how am I ever going to accomplish this? I feel powerless. I feel like I, I can't achieve what I'm meant to achieve. I feel powerless to make a difference. I feel powerless to change my situation that I'm in. I'm in, I'm in a tough season. I've found myself in a situation, but I feel powerless to make a change. Maybe you feel the pressure around you constantly closing in and you feel powerless to change the situation. The pressure is packing. The pressure is building. And it seems like on all sides of your life, the pressure continues to come and you're powerless to change it. Maybe maybe life, purpose, it feels so far out of reach. I can imagine that the disciples in Acts, how maybe powerless they felt. Because just before this, Jesus told them in Matthew, at the very end of the book of Matthew, he says, go make disciples of all nations. Here's, here's what I've called you to do. Go make disciples of all nations. And you can imagine like the locker room talk. All right, come on, Peter, let's go. You know, like, let's do this thing. Let's get, and then all of a sudden they realize maybe how far out of reach it is. Go make disciples of all nations. And they're looking around. There's like 12 of us. Peter, you're 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 a joke, you know, like and then there goes Judas. And so they're like, what are we meant to do? And now the one that they had been walking with, the one that had all the answers, the one who had all the power Jesus was dead. How powerless they felt. And then in Acts, they find themselves praying in an upper room. Praying with the pressure around them because people were out looking for them to stop this movement called People of the Way, Christianity, that was now building because they had a martyr named Jesus now. And so they were in this upper room praying and probably feeling powerless. Probably feeling maybe hopeless. We've lost so much. But I want us to know today that the wait is over. The wait is over. Maybe you felt powerless, but the wait is over. You have access as a believer to power. You have access to a power that is not from you. It's not it's it's from power from on high. But you have access to it. Listen to me. The Holy Spirit comes with power outside of yourself to accomplish your God-given purpose. It is power from outside of yourself that flows through. You're just a conduit of God's power. You're just a carrier of God's power. First of all, I want you to understand that power is received. Power is received. It says in verse 8, chapter 1, verse 8 that we just read, but you will receive power. Not you will make power, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. That word power in the Greek can be translated to dunamis, which means dynamite. It's an explosive power 
spiritual supernatural power inside of you that when pressure comes that that when life situations come you have a power inside of you that is greater than the pressure around you power is received you see power power requires an outside source if you're going to if you're going to power something it requires an outside source It's not contained within yourself. It requires something from the outside. It requires, the power inside of an engine requires fuel. Uh, Energy can be required by solar from the sun or a battery with a charge from the outside. Or maybe you this morning, coffee. It's from the outside. It's it's received. Power is received. Jesus himself, listen, he, Jesus, before he started his ministry, knew that he needed this power. Jesus, the Son of God, perfect man, when he was baptized, he came to John who was baptizing people. and And he said, I must be baptized by you. John's like, no, you should be baptizing people. No, I must be baptized by you. When he was baptized, the Bible says that a dove descended on him from heaven. A dove is representative of the Holy Spirit. Jesus himself knew that when he started his his earthly ministry, he needed the anointing of the Holy Spirit. He needed this outside source that was a gift from his father. His father looked at him when he was baptized and said, well done, my good and faithful servant. Power is received. You cannot, you cannot conjure up enough power on the inside. This isn't willpower. This isn't, this isn't just conjuring and mustering strength inside of you. What you're plugged into will determine what you receive. The power that you're plugged into will determine what you receive. Power is also not just received, but it's for a purpose. God didn't just give you access to Holy Spirit for no reason. He didn't just give you access to the Holy Spirit. He didn't just give you the gift of the Holy Spirit for no reason. He says, I have a purpose on your life. I have a task for you to accomplish. But in order to accomplish that purpose, you need power. This is why also in verse 8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my, here comes the purpose, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. I'm giving you this power so you can accomplish your purpose. I'm giving you this gift so that you can do what I've called you to do. See, when your purpose feels far out of reach, it's not you who's meant to accomplish it. It's the Holy Spirit working through you. When I allow the Holy Spirit to work through me, I accomplish my purpose. Amen? You need the Holy Spirit. You need the power of the Holy Spirit to know your God-given purpose. I, I, I remember when, when, I, when I asked God, baptize me in your Holy Spirit. I want this experience, this what, what took place here in the upper room in Acts chapter 2? 
it was in that moment that God, after that, after that event in my life, that God began to shape and God began to speak my purpose to me. Salvation was one thing. When I gave my life to the Lord, He was beginning to show me who I was. But man, when I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, He was launching me into my purpose because I needed to wait for the power of the Holy Spirit to come. There's power. Power to receive direction for decisions of that purpose. I I need direction on my purpose. What is the next step I'm meant to take in this purpose? Worship team, you can come. I'm going to close in just a minute minute, and we're going to take communion. But I need direction for the decisions with my purpose. I need the, I need the tools, power to get my purpose done. How many of you have put an Ikea furniture together with a screwdriver before? And then, and then, you're, and then you're like, oh, you know? You're like walking around with a, cramp in your hand because you put together a 43 piece dresser drawer from Ikea. I think the Ikea people are sitting in a warehouse somewhere laughing at us because we have to put it all together. I think it's an evil conspiracy. (laughs) Let's see if they can follow these instructions. And they just picture the dads like me, like this, like, kids climbing on you. Daddy, daddy, can I help? Yeah, hold this screw, you know? Don't lose the screw. And you're like putting it together. And then for some reason, you guys are smarter than me. I realize that that it's a lot easier to put Ikea furniture together when I have power. You know what I mean? Like, like just, it's just the simple fact that I have a battery attached to this thing that makes life so much easier. Listen, you can spend your life trying to accomplish your purpose and get a crimp, a, a cramp in your wrist. You can, you can go through life saying, saying, I'm trying my hardest to get out of this situation. I'm trying my hardest to accomplish the purpose of God on my life. God's placed a dream in my life. And yeah, 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 you'll make some progress, no doubt, because, because you were made in the image of God and you've got, you've got potential and you've got great talents and God designed you that way. God, God put a specific purpose on your life, like this Phillips head has a purpose to fit in a certain screw of a certain size. You have a destiny and calling on your life. And you can continue to strive in your own strength, or you can put power behind it. You can put power behind it. The power of the Holy Spirit. The wait is over for power. It's we're not waiting around anymore for to receive power. He's given us access. The question is, will you receive it? And that was the question that I asked. Or really that was being asked of me when I'm when I when I went to that church and was almost scared out of my mind like what are these people doing this is crazy and for, for for some of us like maybe that's been your experience like I don't I don't know if I want anything to do with the Holy Spirit because those people are weird listen to me let me just tell you uh, they were weird before they were Christians okay <laughs> like, like there's just weird people out there you know uh, 
and, and, and listen, maybe some of us are, are, are concerned like, man, I, like, yeah, I see that in Scripture, but I'm afraid to be out of control. Like, when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, then all of a sudden you're going to be flopping on the ground and speaking in tongues uncontrollably in a work meeting? Okay, probably not. But it's, but it's, it's power from on high. My encouragement to us today is that we would not continue in the calling and purpose of our life without power. Without power. Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. He led us, He leads us to salvation, the Bible says. He baptizes us with power. He's a person, not an it. Third person of the Trinity. He's to be interacted with, just like Jesus, just like the Father. He's not some mystical Casper the Friendly Ghost. It's when we come to grips with this, we realize what we have access to, the gift we have access to. When I, when I gave my, when I, when I said, in, in fact, I, I just stayed there this past week. We were staying at my mom's house and I stayed in the same room. It's like a over the garage apartment in my mom's house. And I was staying in this room shortly after I gave my life to the Lord. And when I had this encounter with the Holy Spirit, I was also in that upper room. Now, you don't have to be in an upper room. I just happened to be in the upper room when I was baptized with the Holy Spirit. My pastor said, go home and read Acts chapter 1 and 2. I read what we read today. And he said, just ask. Ask. Because the Bible says that when you ask God for good gifts, isn't He like a good father to give good gifts? Just ask and you'll receive. And so I sat there with my radio, turned on some worship music and began to pray. I said, God, I, I don't know what this is all about. I don't know if I'll always fully understand it. But I know I want more of you. So God, today, will you baptize me in your Holy Spirit? Baptize me in your Holy Spirit. Will you give me the gifts of the Holy Spirit? God, I receive that today. And it was in that moment that I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. It was a decision I made, just like the decision I made in faith to say, Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of my life. When I made that decision to give my life to Jesus, I made that decision in faith. How do I know that I'm saved? It's by faith. It's by faith. How do you know you're baptized in the Holy Spirit? It's by faith. You made that decision. You made that decision. Can you stand your feet in the room today? I want that same for you, that same experience, that same power. That when it happened with me, it was like, I tell people this, it was like, it was like God put rocket boosters on my purpose. It's like I knew something was stirring inside of my heart, but it was like God lit rocket boosters on my purpose. I, I, I don't know how I ended up where I am today other than the fact that it was the Holy Spirit on my life. So can you close your eyes with me? I just want to pray. Maybe today, maybe today you were like me. Throughout this series, we're going to give you opportunities. Maybe this is a time for you to wrestle with these questions. Next week, Jessica Spronk from our Prague location is going to be here preaching also on the Holy Spirit. 
and I'll preach another message on the Holy Spirit. This will be a good time maybe for you to wrestle with these questions like I was. And we want to give you an opportunity every week to receive the Holy Spirit, to receive the baptism like I did in that upper room, like it happened with the disciples here. So with our eyes closed today, maybe that's, maybe that's you. Say, man, I, I want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So just pray with me. You can pray out loud right there where you're at, maybe under your breath. It's a moment for you, and I want to pray for you as well. Father, today we receive your Holy Spirit. Make this your own prayer. Father, thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Baptize me in your spirit like you baptized the disciples in Acts chapter 2. God, that you took somebody like Peter who was so scared to even be associated with you, Jesus. Baptized him with your spirit and all of a sudden he's in front of crowds preaching. Nothing else can explain that but power. So God, today we just pray for that power. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. Not power just to be powerful for powerful sake. But power to accomplish the purpose and assignment on our life. We receive your spirit today. In Jesus' name, amen.